eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, supporter culture, that's weird, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. Keep your politics at home. We're your hosts from Mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's been in the locker room, on the pitch, and in the stats booth at Central League Field, but most recently, on his couch, watching soccer. It's Brandon from the internet. That is Brandon Sheriff of Gregor Stand to you. <laughs> Thank you. I saw you also, post... Does does foreign royalty count as politics? <laughs> yeah, that's why there isn't any. So it's perfect. Yeah, that's yeah, right, that's yeah. Right. keep it out of there. <laughs> um, I have a I have a conspiracy theory about MLS that we can get to perhaps. Anyway, um, hi Brandon, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm your biggest fan, apparently. That's 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 so nice. That was so nice of whatever social media that was to make that happen. So thanks a lot for being yeah. a top top fan on Facebook. I think my my favorite thing was that it that you know obviously it's like you and Gregor interact a lot, and I'm like, you don't even know the half of it. And you should uh, see the stuff you can't read. <laughs> and it was like, here's your badge. I was like, oh, what kind of authority does this badge give me now? <laughs> you can house arrest me. <laughs> give everybody their greg anda rights <laughs> yeah uh-oh. suddenly i'm into this uh I'm you a- have the right to watch sumo <laughs> oh my god and have i i got a couple days behind dude both yokozunas are out it's crazy it's, it's like and like the ozekis are a mess it's a disaster this basho is so akiba show is crazy but um there's this weird thing going on in my house right now where my toddler as he joined the show last week and um or a couple weeks ago, rather, and now he's learned what his emotions are, but he only knows two of them, and they're happy and sad, and he just announces them. <laughs> so, like, if he doesn't have milk or whatever, he just goes, sad, sad, <laughs> sad. <laughs> I'm like, why are you sad, dude? He's like, milk. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we'll get you some milk. Happy. We'll know, when he's tr- we'll know when he's truly articulating it when he starts walking around saying, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. I got to get him <laughs> listening to this a lot more. Um, <laughs> Lori's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I had a so he started uh, soccer. He's two years old, and there's like soccer programs, which is effectively like go wear your kid out on the weekend, you know, for a <laughs> go lot of, pay us to babysit for a while. No, I, I have to participate, but Screw you that. have to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the worst babysitting deal. Um, but it's cool because like you know you get to see your kid run around and kick a ball and all that garbage that people don't 
possibly know about from if you don't have kids or whatever. And so now all of a sudden he he's gone from complaining about me watching soccer on TV to getting mad at me when I'm not. It's amazing. Like I took him to a match and he couldn't give a crap, but you let him run around as a little thumper on a tiny field with a bunch of other kids that are drooling and like it's incredible the way that it sparked it. So now I get away with watching more soccer, which is my wife is so pumped. Uh, <laughs> all thanks to me paying a ton of money for him to be in this dumb thing where I have to exercise. But I guess it pays off. I don't know. That's nice. So uh, do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Definitely five stars. Wait, is that four stars or five stars, Brandon? I just it's make sure. definitely five stars, even though our, our average rating on iTunes currently is 4.8, which means a couple of you missed the mark. <laughs> and you know what? For this pod, perfect. If, it's, if you listen to three podcasts and this is your third favorite, I get it. <laughs> four stars it is. <laughs> definitely four or five stars. Definitely four or five stars. Preferably five, but we totally understand. <laughs> Uh, you could tell us, uh, leave us a comment. We just kind of want to know who your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player is, and maybe you could insult us. That's not the yeah. part we've ever asked for before, but that seems to be a new trend. Uh, <laughs> I, it's a it's a weird feeling to to get five stars and have somebody like uh, insult you and and cause like an existential <laughs> crisis about what you're even doing with your Tuesday nights. Welcome to my entire career in radio. Excellent. So anyway, uh, tell us who your favorite ever Sounders FC player is. From uh, probably Jordan Morris to definitely Jordan Morris. Hmm. That's a that's a good call, man. That guy's looking good. Uh, this week we talk about that wacky wild soccer match, ECS versus MLS. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I I happened to be at the um at the match at the CenturyLink Field. I haven't made it to a lot of games this season. I share a season ticket, and I've been to like probably like five total matches. I've watched a ton at home because I like believe it or not, no one's gonna believe this, but I like take this podcast sort of seriously, and I end up like weighing <laughs> watching the match and like taking a few notes and stuff over going and just being drunk and screaming at people. So uh, it was pretty weird to be there when ECS decided to pack up and walk out. We'll get to that. Let's talk about the success of uh, Seattle Sounders FC on the road winning, or not, not on the road, at home winning 4-2. In they front were on of, a road. <laughs> yeah, sure. Royal Broham Road, perhaps. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they get to the parking garage. But um, the fact that Seattle wins big at home and there was big feelings and lots of emotion in that stadium was pretty dope. It was, I mean, it was great. The The Sounders um, against New York Red Bulls, they they are up two goals. It, it's weird. The, the match ends 4-2, which looks like a great scoreline for the Sounders, if you're the Sounders. Sure. And, and, and I guess, like, it is. Um, but... I'm under the I'm under the uh, the impression now that instead of every time the Sounders score three goals, you give out free tacos. You should give out free tums <laughs> because three goals should be enough to cover the goals that they give up. <laughs> but the but this Seattle Sounders team is giving up so many goals. It's it, the Sounders were up two nothing, and then uh, and then they blow that lead, and it becomes two two. And the Sounders were only basically they were going to eke out a three two win until stoppage time when they got back a uh, a goal to make it 4-2, which makes the scoreline look pretty, but it was a stressful 4-2 if there's such a thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild to know that the team's giving up that many goals at home in front of a, a CenturyLink field audience there. I couldn't tell, like, I don't know how it looked on television, and I don't know how ESPN covers it and stuff, but it was surprisingly not very full at the match. Um, It felt like uh, about a three-quarter capacity event, and I don't know if it's because it 
pissed rain all day. I read that there was more than 60 traffic accidents on oh. on Sunday morning because people were are so bad at driving in the rain in a place where it rains 10 months a year. But um yeah, I was I was shocked to see so few people there and I could only, like I was at home and it was pouring rain and I was like I do not want to go to this match. Well, this was also, I mean, wasn't this the game where there was a time change? I wonder if that had anything to do with it, too. All those people showed up at, like, noon, and they're like, what the crap? (laughs) I'm going home. (laughs) They're just getting rained on. Uh, And then there was a Seahawks game that wrapped up just before the match. So I I just couldn't figure out why it seemed kind of sparsely attended. And then... I realized that this team gives up so many goals, and it's that you're to your Tums comment, like it's not an inspiring per- home performance that we've seen a ton of. It's like a bite your nails type performance. I, I, like people should be full ninety sounders till I die, but like the reality is sometimes they're not. It's it's weird that they've given up. I mean, I mean, we were we we all watched the the Sounders four three win over Galaxy, where it was you know back and forth that entire match, and and again four goals, thankfully because. Uh, just scoring three wouldn't have done the trick when you're at home is ridiculous. So the like we I was looking it up and I, and I went back and counted kind of all of the goals that the Sounders have scored um, or have been giving up as of late. And uh, in the last six home matches, the Sounders have given up 14 goals. My God. All, all season, they've given up 21 at home, which means that 66% of those goals have come in the last six matches at home. Think about how hot the team was right out of the gate and how you could never imagine this being the case. And now they're so leaky at the back. They're dripping goals out. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you have uh, there's 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 key points that we can talk about that throughout the season that you can say, "Oh, this absolutely punctured the Sounders back line." You look at uh Chad Marshall retiring mid-season um to save his noggin uh for future things like being a human and uh <laughs> Roman Torres uh, juicing himself out of the lineup. Uh, I think, so, oh, Brandon, I just I just caught on to We called him a pineapple earlier in the year. Did he get the idea of juicing wrong? <laughs> this is our fault? Oh, God, I feel directly I, Is pineapple a banned substance? I knew it. I know, I know they tell you to take it for some things, but I didn't think it would get you banned from the league. He's talking about <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, those are two critical points in the season. Uh, like now that I think about it, maybe Chad Marshall should have been the one juicing, <laughs> so he could have stayed healthier until he got banned, and then he could have just retired, and we would have all just understood. I think. Uh, I think. Is anyone mad at Roman Torres? Like, I don't. Are I Sounders don't fans mad at him? I'm sure the organization is because they have to pay all this money and stuff. But like, it was weird. I feel like everybody was more shocked when it happened. I, this this is funny. This is very newsworthy of us to be talking about a thing that happened like two months ago. <laughs> Our impressions. <laughs> but but I I don't know if anybody was mad about it. But I think I think everybody was. He wasn't con- contributing consistently at that point anyway, right? Like you you had Kim and Chad Marshall, and then it was Kim and Roman next to each other for the most part, and it was doing okay. And then Roman was out, but then we had uh, Javier Arriaga that everybody was excited about. But I think only now are people realizing exactly how leaky the Sounders are and how maybe Roman was contributing. You know, we make fun of all the time about how he's playing. Uh, he's more of a center forward, at least in his own mind, uh, than than he's supposed to be. But you know, maybe he was actually contributing really well at the back, and we just we just didn't realize it. And then maybe the reason that he was contributing so well was because he was on steroids. <laughs> I think that or uh, human growth hormone or whatever it was that he was on uh, pineapple growth hormone. <laughs> oh, it causes growth too. 
<laughs> Ew. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that for sure we're feeling the loss of Chad Marshall tremendously. It was crazy because uh, we sit kind of next to ECS, and so you see the game from right behind the goal, effectively. And this time was the first time I saw Kim Ki-hee turn around and be shouting something to Stefan Fry and to some other players. Like, they were communicating, and it feels like now after a year and a half, year, maybe a year, of Kim Ki-hee being here, that, like, there's enough soccer language out there being spoken that, like, that's not going to be something that we can... um, that we can default to like we have before can't make it a scapegoat anymore yeah and so it's i actually think that uh all things considered uh the central defense for the sounders actually played pretty well yeah um they they both were were completing a lot of passes out of the back which is something that we've never said that they were bad at you know we we talk about all the time about they're both great at passing it out of the back they're not giving up possession with their feet it's more often the problem that they're getting beat in the air and i saw kim win a bunch of balls in the air um, both against the Red Bulls and in the previous match before that. Um, I saw Ariaga playing really well. Both of those guys played well. The first the first goal that New York scored was Kelvin Leardham getting beat for a header by Aaron Long, former S2 player. Yeah. And um and the and the second goal was just a gap between uh the midfield and the the Sounders defense who were both running back toward goal. And after the goal gets scored, you see Ariaga just pissed off. Like he is so mad that the goal was given he up. He almost untucked his shirt. He almost untucked. Dad was mad. He was getting his belt. <laughs> oh my god! It, no, it was. Uh, it so I, I honestly like that. That second goal could have just been like a a, a breakdown in the Sounders organization on the field. Uh, less so being able to blame one uh, one specific player. Maybe you could have said uh, Kim Kihi could have stepped, or you could have said that Gustav Svensson should have stepped up to the player who eventually scored. It was basically a free shot in the box uh, that was able to beat Steph, um, but. At the end of the day, I think that the center, the central defense, had a good had a good game, and will continue to to have good games throughout the rest of the season. However, we are missing Chad, and um, you know, if if stuff gets really dire, Roman Torres will be back in the playoffs. <laughs> That's cra- I wonder what your preferred lineup would be at this point, because finally Ariaga and Kim Kihi are like looking like they could be a decent pair interesting that's really interesting i think it depends on who i mean we're way ahead of ourselves but it depends on who we're playing if you have somebody um if you have somebody big and and, like if you're going to go up against la galaxy you're going to put roman torres to cover uh uh zlatan right because because you've had uh basic we've talked about this he made kim kihi his 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 son i'm pretty sure he's like his legal guardian now son is the guy who is the other korean he plays for tottenham (laughs) um so yeah uh Dude, I uh, I know that you gotta kind of just put your eggs in one basket here and just go with a pairing or something like that. But is there something we could do to find something from the past? Like, is there a way that we could like channel? I don't know what what's been strong a strong suit for previous Sounder squads. If we were to find like the perfect combination of two former Sounders to uh to to play or at least to like solidify the Sounders defense at this point in my opinion you would you would take uh the 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 body of Chad Marshall and Brad Evans and you would take them to the the floating city of Camino uh <laughs> and clone both of them into a army of cent- cent- I guess you know Brad Evans was always kind of like a center back who also played every other position and anyway you just end up with a with an army of Chad Evans and you would have Brian Schmetzer go out and say execute order 
69 definitely 420 yeah and uh those guys would just go out there and uh clean up the field i feel like you'd have to, to tell them apart they'd start getting face tattoos like the clones from the <laughs> awful prequel movies that you're referencing right no now. except to be neck tattoos could we oh soccer duh yeah my, my bad <laughs> i i wonder if we could go a different route I, like Cloning is one. You think there's like a Rick and Morty solution to this? Is there like another timeline where everyone is Chad Evans and we could like <laughs> portal gun them here or something? I don't know. We're just one one of them where Chad Marshall's head is is never been concussed. Yeah, that's the important. That's an important stat. I think that's I think that's good. But like, someone get uh, Dan Harmon on the phone. We're gonna need his help with this. So <laughs> I like this question that you pose here. How old were you when Stefan Fry last saw a clean sheet? I, I would assume he changes his sheets at home. He seems like a very meticulous guy. So I was probably just wandering around in Snohomish. All of his all of his uh, all of his sheets are covered in paint because he's now selling art because that's how much MLS players are paid these days. They're not covered in paint. They are art. His whole life is walking <laughs> art. Please. Uh, it's it's been let's just put it this way it's been a long time since Stephen Fry uh, uh, had no goals go into or no yeah no balls go into his net uh, if you're catching my drift gross yeah that's that's nasty I'm sorry Stephen Fry um, but anyway it's just to just to reiterate the point of 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 this leaky defense at this point uh, man I don't like using the word leaky either right now <laughs> not gotta, in this context alright moving on yeah. that brings us to the most important player for Seattle it's the Jumbo Juice by Roman Torres man of the match <laughs> your Jumbo Juice by Roman Torres man of the match with a goal and assist and a bunch of other neat stuff is Jordan Morris wow Jumbo Juice by Roman Torres smoothies for your pecs wait 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 can we redo uh, I, I, I read this er- earlier if you say jumbo, I, the way I envisioned writing it was jumbo juice by Roman Torres. Smoothies for your pecs. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Jumbo juice by Roman Torres. Smoothies for your pecs. Ah. Are you there? Yeah. Did I lose you? Okay. Um, well, that didn't. You, you didn't give me any response there, Brandon. I really feel like uh, I read oh, your sorry. line and then you like just left me hanging there. <laughs> Uh, I, I was yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think I'll stick to stick to my take. Jumbo juice by Roman Torres smoothies for your pecs. <laughs> Brandon laughs at his own line. We had to do three takes of that. That's amazing. It's it's fun. It, I think it's funny. <laughs> okay, so I want to address what happened from the stadium. You watched the match from home on the couch and got to like do some fun tweets and stuff like that. I was there taking my new friend Walt to his first ever Seattle Sounders FC match. My buddy Brian was there, the three of us just having a good old time, getting a beer beforehand, whatnot. We show up to the Sounders FC match. We sit in our seats. The ECS section is, uh, they're going, they're doing their thing there. They didn't do in the first half one Seattle Sounders call and repeat, which I thought was odd. But um, there's a guy called Kyle, who is the uh, one of the capos, and the capos are the people that stand at the front of the section, and they like encourage people to do the next chant or whatever. And normally, they're screaming some sort of vile, like some sort of vitriol that makes me like hate being there or something. <laughs> That's not true, but they're like, you know, usually they're like have to you have to like take your intensity up to like a billion in order to get everyone into it. I get that. Yeah. I appreciate that as a uh, some sort of weak ass entertainer myself. Um, but this guy, Kyle, is like the nicest guy. He's a dry side supporter. He comes across from Yakima, I think, is where he's at. Uh, he comes across to do this you know, 17 times a year, plus friendlies. And he's a really cool guy, super nice. And he's just got like the greatest tone when he's up there. It would be so easy to cheer with him because of him. I really appreciate what he does. So shout-outs to Kyle. Great job. 
I guess, you know, throughout the first half, ECS is flying the Iron Front logo. And that is that three-arrow logo that points from the top right to the bottom left. And it is a symbol from previous world wars that denounces fascism. Okay, and so that gets that gets lumped in with Antifa, which is a uh, movement, and I won't try and break that down or whatever, but um, that symbol gets, I don't know if the word is co-opted or used by or is the actual definition of what Antifa is all about, and it causes some um, challenging some challenges for MLS's front office, who are very anti-politics. But then ECS's response to that, and like this, like the fans' response in general is like, "Are you for fascism then, or like, what do you mean? Like, you know, this is one of those. The president says we got to respect both sides. There's some fine people on both sides, that type of thing. And so, like, kind of the response from supporters across the nation has been like, "What do you mean this isn't okay? Like, it's anti-fascism, and that's what we should be fighting. We fought a world war against this. So." ECS has been doing this. We saw it away in Portland when the no fans cheered for the first 33 minutes, and then they flew their anti-fascism, always Seattle anti-racism flags and whatnot. The, um, you know, they've got scarves on it. The Sounders have used it throughout their history. Uh, this logo that shows up on everything. Real FC has used it. It's like very common in the soccer world, and MLS is trying to crack down on it. So at halftime, I, I didn't see it myself, but my understanding is that Kyle was flying one of the Iron Front logo flags from the Capo stand area. And that security came over, I'm guessing under the direction of MLS, and said, yo, you gotta, you can't be leading the people doing this, you gotta go. Kyle tweeted to say that he was ushered out, he was not arrested, which is a good thing to read. But he was taken out of the match, uh, walked out of the stadium down there on the grass. And so ECS responded by instructing the entire couple sections there to pack it all up and get the hell out. They were very, you know, they understood kind of what was going on by saying, like, you know, if you insist on staying, then go find another seat. Just GA is going to be empty. And so they start packing everything up right as the second half whistle has just blown and the match is back underway. I I caught some flack for this take on this, but it was super distracting. It was really a huge distraction being at the match and watching this happen and trying to figure out what's going on. It was um it made it made a scene that was detracting from what was happening on the pitch, which is supporting the team that is out running around trying to play a sports game and win some points and bring some, you know, trivial honor to a city or whatever the whatever that is. But at the same time, like if you put 40,000 people into a place, it becomes a social event. And so activism is always going to be part of that, no matter what your call for no politics in sports or any of that crap might be. So ECS, full, you know, knowing what they're doing, they pack up and leave in support of one of their own, especially one of their leadership people. It caused not just them packing up and being kind of distracting so that they do, you know, every match when it's over, they pack everything up or just get there early to set up, but it like turns the attention of everybody and then the wise cracks start coming in and the, oh, you know, that's cool that they're doing this or oh, we were better off without them or like support the players. That's what you're doing. Well, they're supporting each other and they're a big part of the heart of what happens when Seattle Sounders FC take to that pitch, that atmosphere that's created with the banging drums and the cheering and everything. Many people tried to make that happen unsuccessfully in the absence of ECS. And it was a very strange event to the point where it lasted like in confusion and chatter and talking to the point where suddenly New York Red Bulls 
tied this match up on the opposite end of the field and like we kind of didn't even see that happen it was kind of mm -hmm. like a it was so distracting that like the match and the you know the close to the season was being affected by it and that's a powerful thing now i mentioned that it's a distraction because uh i was faced with that being like a you know, saying that it's a distraction is a negative thing or whatever. It wasn't that it was negative because I think that they really advanced their own message. The the rule is you can't use the Iron Front logo. They used it. They're being removed because of it, effectively. And to affect change in a social environment like that, protest is a really powerful way of doing that, especially nonviolent protest, where people banded together and used their numbers to make a statement. And whether you agree with it or you don't, it was an effective message, because I've just talked for the last six minutes about what happened recounting the story. Of It'll be you know a quarter of our podcast is what I'll have spent discussing what happened here. I think that they will certainly draw some attention. I don't know that it'll be effective or successful. And it seems like based in the post, um, the post match press conference that the coach is behind them. And so, and Seattle Sounders FC front office has sort of waffled on the support starting out initially by being like, we don't support you. And then like, yes, of course we do coming back and uh, flip flopping on that a little bit. And so it seems like maybe the club has their back and the supporters are there, but then the bigger picture is that the league doesn't want to see that happen. And we're kind of at a weird impasse. It was by far the strangest soccer match I've ever been to. That wasn't affected by like severe weather to have that many people in one place just take off and have empty sections that are normally full and rocket ruckus now raucous that's the word <laughs> the worst part of the whole thing for me is we're standing there and there's a dude behind me who's got the most gravelly voice and it's like hilarious because he's just yelling at robles the goalkeeper for new york red bulls who's right in front of us and he's just yelling and yelling and it's so quiet because there's no ecs that like you can definitely hear him and he's like definitely getting to this guy because he keeps like kind of turning his head and looking towards us, even though the action is like 80 yards away from him. Uh, the guy went on for way too long and was <laughs> by the end of it very annoying. Uh, but it was the part where across the pitch up in the 300 level seats, there's about 40 ish New York Red Bulls fans and they have a drum and we can hear their chants coming back to the end that is usually drowned out by anything by the craziness of ECS. And suddenly, it's like being at a Mariners game when the Yankees come to town and you have to hear the freaking noise of some other team when you're trying to support your own team. And that was super-duper frustrating. Sounders end up getting a result out of it. So ultimately, the ECS being there or not, or the distraction or not, was not the ultimate decision-maker there. Sounders were able to buckle down, focus, and not lose the momentum that is otherwise you know, an uh, electric place to play when you have that kind of support. It was wild. I don't I still don't really know how to feel about it because it was so different to anything I've ever seen before, but it was something to behold. Now, I don't know what that looked like on TV. It it was weird. I, I I mean there's no better way to put it than than it was just it was unlike any Sounders game, maybe outside of uh some of the like meaningless midseason friendlies where they're playing, you know, ten guys off of S two against uh the, the second team from Aaron Dortmund, Long right? is playing defense yeah. for Seattle Sounders <laughs> yeah. first team. Aaron Kovar scores a goal <laughs> against Manchester United and everybody's like, Who and who and what? <laughs> uh the uh 
the it was it was it was honestly the one of the weirdest things I've ever I've ever watched on a, on a broadcast. It, it was it's weird in a way because the Sounders broadcast, I, you know, they were they were sharing the uh, on ESPN Plus, which I was uh, watching through. They they were sharing the New York. Um, the New York broadcast, but they're all sharing the same feed, right? Like the same feeds from the, from the in-stadium cameras and whatever. And, um, one of the, one of the interesting things is you could see that the, uh, broadcast group had, had been instructed not to show this group, which they constantly are trying to, um, use to promote the image of how great the league is. Look at all of the fans and the supporters who are, fired up and passionate about what's going on here in the States with, with this league, right? You could see that the, that the broadcast was doing everything in their power to not acknowledge the fact that these people had left because of policies, uh, you know, whether good or bad, whatever you, whatever you listening, uh, might think about the policies, whether good or bad, um, they had left because of that. Right. And so when you're watching on the, on the broadcast, you're not hearing anything. It sounded like, uh, a Colorado Rapids match. It sounded like a. It <laughs> sounded like. It sounded like honestly um, a Premier League match where where you know there's big supporter culture in England, but even that like doesn't really come through in the broadcast when you're watching um, a lot of times. You know when big stuff happens, of course, but it, it without the without ECS there, um, the chanting sounded disjointed. You could hear weird like call and repeat echoes that that weren't coming together, and you start to realize uh, if you hadn't already exactly how important um, that energy from that group is, exactly how much of that atmosphere they are contributing. Um, they are not just the atmosphere; they are what gets the entire stadium. Uh, you talked about uh, Kyle, the guy, the capo, having to be super energetic so that the group in front of him. ECS can be energetic. They have to carry that energy to like a cartoonish level sometimes in order to get the rest of the stadium who's watching, you know, the Sounders lose a 2-0 lead basically uh to to get that group that's, you know, however many it is, 40,000 to 60,000 people every week uh in energized and, and, and interested in the match and what's going on and into, you know, when the when the referee makes a a, a crap foul uh or a crap call it's not just like oh yeah soccer blah blah blah. It's like everybody in the stadium gets mad, and everybody in like that only happens when the energy is already there. Yeah, and that happens because of a group like ECS and Grill FC and all the other um, supporters groups that are over there. So when you're watching on TV, yes, it's one thing in the stadium. I can't imagine what it was like to to be in there with all of that kind of sucked out because of of you know this this protest that they were participating in, but on the broadcast and. And, you know, in, on the social media where you kind of start to see that the narrative around this actually very entertaining and interesting game was completely changed around, you know, this one motion that, that the group decided to do. And, you know, for better or for worse, like I said, whatever you think about it, what they did worked and it did change the narrative around the game. And I'm curious to see, you know, front office, <clears throat> Taylor Graham is one of the nicest people out there. He's the supporters liaison for the Sounders he came out here and said it's a conversation uh it's a continuing conversation between the front office and between ECS and all of the supporters groups and they're doing everything they can to try to come up with a solution you know I don't think Sounders are are particularly stoked with uh MLS's policies I that's just me reading into it I don't have any like knowledge about that yeah um I don't think that they're stoked about MLS's policies putting them in this position because uh something like kind of that I that I tweeted out on uh, via 
uh, full 90 extra time on Twitter, there's something that I feel like the MLS had never really thought of, which is the Streisand effect, which uh, if you're not familiar with it, you should Google it. It's it's hilarious. But basically what it is, is that if, if MLS had never acknowledged in the first place that the Iron Front logo bothered them, none of this protest and none of this massive like outcry against it uh, and against the policy would have been a thing. It would have just con- continued to fly in silence. Nobody would have, would have acknowledged it. Nothing would have been a problem. However, by acknowledging it and by putting their foot down on something that is meant to represent something completely, you know, like it's, it, you know, you know what I mean? They're trying to they're trying to, to stomp down on a symbol that people are very passionate about. And if they had if they had never done that, nobody would have ever had any outcry and they would have been in exactly where they were a few months ago with everybody focusing on the game. Um, and regardless of what you think about, like keep politics out of sports or whatever, anything like that, um, it's hard to say that. uh MLS wouldn't have been able to uh, avoid that by having never brought it up. Uh, It's impossible to keep politics out of anything where there's for profit, the fact that they're making money or the fact that they acknowledge anything from the Pride Month to uh, military appreciation, the politics are always going to be in sports. It's it's a lazy argument to say keep politics out of sports. And and I think that um, you would have people arguing that all of those things are political and you would have people arguing that um, Pride Month is not political. It's it's uh, and and military appreciation is not political, mm-hmm. even though some people would say that they inherit both of those things inherently are. People would say that an- being anti-fascist is not political the same way that being um, and I, uh, that that being uh, proud of your uh, sexual orientation or, or your identity as a, as a person uh, should be should you should be equally proud to say that you are anti-fascist and gay or anti-fascist uh, and a member of the military. It should be inclusive <laughs> exactly. instead of exclusive, I think is one of the big arguing points. I have a thought on what's going on right now, and there's a lot of expansion happening to places, and MLS certainly doesn't want to highlight that there's... Uh, I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but when you're talking percentages of fans, ECS is a small percentage of the overall big picture of who was in that stadium uh, on Sunday. Um, And so MLS doesn't want to let highlight a small percentage of people that are making a bunch of noise when they're trying to expand outside of the coastal cities to places where they want to pack in a bunch of new people where the ideology might not be seen as leaning one direction or the other. They might want to be expanding to uh, to include a broader audience. And so by trying to eliminate any kind of speech that makes anyone uncomfortable, that would create conflict. They're trying to make it more welcoming to grow the audience base uh, as they're trying to expand this league and add more and more teams every year. I just see it as a thing where let's silence all the things that could be problems, but eventually they're going to have too many thumbs in the holes of the dam and it's going to become a big problem. And I hope it doesn't make the league worse off because of it. Like it or not, it is a thing that's happening. And to say it shouldn't be here is not going to be a solution. And to say that it should definitely be front and center is also not the purpose of this. It's the game first, the culture around it that builds it up, that continues to grow it is right there along with it. Um, and to put one in front of the other, that's the, the pro- let's put it this way. It's a business and the product is soccer. Uh, the product is made better by the support 
but the product ultimately is a political thing where they're putting money in for incentives and doing business type things where they're going to make the most money that they can or create the best product or brand that they can. And that's always going to be affected by politics and it's always going to be a problem. Okay, so we've got two matches this week. We're just going to barely touch on it because whenever you're listening to this, I'm sorry, uh, Wednesday night FC Dallas comes to Seattle. It's a team that was last week in the playoffs and now is out. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. It's it's it is crazy. They uh they the only reason that they're so they're currently sitting eighth in the West right now, which is the first uh the first loser basically at this point. Uh the the top seven teams in the Western Conference will make the playoffs. Dallas sits eighth, and the only reason they sit eighth is because they uh are tied on points with the team above. But are losing on tiebreaker, which is the first tiebreaker, which is the amount of wins that you have. So Dallas is twelve wins, eleven losses, and seven draws. The team above has thirteen wins. So uh, sure. so Dallas is just missing out at the moment, which means that they're going to be coming to Seattle uh, looking for uh, not just you know to play and get three points, but the win specifically having a win in the win column is going to be important to them, as the teams above them are also. Uh, just trying to everybody's at this point is just in a mad dash as just a sprint for the finish line to to uh, just do whatever they can to pick up whatever points they can wherever they can to to finish above everybody else and at least in those top seven spots it's so crazy the difference between teams at the time of recording this that are in the playoffs uh, fourth through seventh right now that's the wrong league or the wrong conference Uh, (laughs) sorry about that let's see here uh, on 43 points is Portland in 7th, and 7th, 6th, 5th, and 4th are all separated by 3 points, so a win by FC Dallas could totally change where they're at in this lottery system. Seattle Sounders in 2nd place now after that match, which is super sweet. 9-1-1 uh, and at home against Dallas, that's good, but leaky defense has not been awesome. And the Sounders lost to FC Dallas earlier this season with 2, 2, count them, 2 own goals. It was what, like, I think Ariaga's first game was an own goal. And uh, who else had that own goal? Uh, Jonathan Campbell, I think. Well, there you go. It says it all. So, uh, no disrespect to Jonathan Campbell, but you have two guys that aren't normal starters that come in. That, that, that's the problem. On Sunday, this, the team is away at DC United, a 5 p.m. match, which is uh, it's different because, obviously, because it's not the same match. But DC playing in a different conference means that the impact of what happens does not have as big a swing on the teams as if you were playing against like the rest of the matches that we'll be facing for the rest of the season. Uh, not we, I don't play on the team, but the Seattle Sounders <laughs> FC. Not yet. Facing. Not yet. I'm tall. I'm just saying. Never say never. Uh, um, I have a bad rib right now. Anyway, uh, away on Sunday, 5 p.m. at DC United. DC's obviously fighting for a top place in the East. They want to at least finish top four, but they're just as competitive in that uh, conference as well. Yeah, and and good news for the Sounders. Uh, you know, DC United obviously has Wayne Rooney and a bunch of good players on their team, and and yeah, they're competitive in the East, which is just as competitive as the Western Conference this year. First of all, that's awesome that both conferences are super competitive this season. That's not something that happens every season. It kind of like goes back and forth. Uh, like Western Conference is super strong. You kind of like right away everything that's happening in the east and vice versa every other season um so the fact that both are great right now is makes the run into the playoffs way more interesting way more storylines um that being said dc united fighting for a spot in the top four they're not going to be taking the game easy as if they would anyway but you know what i mean uh, they're going to be hungry they're going to be fighting 
their home form on the other chance is not great. They're no better at home than they are on the road. The Sounders should be able to go in and feel confident that they can get some goals and maybe pick out some points. I wonder if this is one of the charter flights for Seattle. I wonder if this is one where they try to get the team out there and they're in the comfiest conditions possible. Uh, Sounders in second. The interesting thing about this is now that they've got a little bit of cushion, don't f*** it up. <laughs> don't let that cushion slip. Let's get three points on the road. Let's bring home three points on the road. This team, if they can pull that off, then suddenly gives themselves a real good shot at finishing second. Win against Dallas. Win against DC. Hope that a bunch of those other teams, uh, you know, these are these are two important matches. Uh, however, what's going to be more important are two the two other matches that are coming up. So three out of the Sounders' final four um, are are teams who are gunning for spots in the playoffs. And uh, San Jose. So we talked about Dallas, but then you have San Jose and Minnesota coming up after DC. And both of those Minnesota is just one point below the Sounders in the standings as we speak. Uh, San Jose is only a few more below that. So all of these teams are going to be jockeying for position, and all of them, none of them are clinched, including the Sounders. So none, all of these teams have the potential to miss out, and they're all going to be wanting to do everything that they can. Cool. So Sounders against Dallas is massive. Sounders against DC is going to be a, a really good opportunity to pick up points. Um, you do not want to lose these. You don't want to miss these opportunities. You do not want to f*** it up. All right, TLDL, too long, didn't listen. You're driving off the side of a cliff and you wake up to hear us talking. You're welcome. <laughs> It'd be the last thing you hear before you die is TLDL, talking about jizz. God damn it. I can't believe that I agreed to this. <laughs> TLDL, too long, didn't listen. Fire up the cloner. We're making a Chad Evans. <laughs> too long, didn't listen because we didn't talk about it. Victor Rodriguez isn't dead. Oh, yeah. Darth Rodriguez is back. Darth Rod. Darth Wad. D-Rod. Yeah! D-Wad. <laughs> it's a me, a D-Rod. I'm going to take over the universe. Okay, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Okay. That was good. Okay, ready? Take a look at your crystal Pepsi ball, Brandon. <laughs> sorry, my computer got corrupted and I lost all the sound effects for this this podcast temporarily. No! <laughs> so that's what you get now. Take a look at your crystal Pepsi ball, Brandon. I have a different question for you. At the end of these two matches, when we talk again next week, tell me how many points do Seattle Sounders FC pick up on uh, from these two matches? You got six available. How many points will they walk away with and come back to Seattle next Monday? After watching the Sounders at full strength um, and looking deep into my uh, Crystal Pepsi ball, which Obviously. I also call my TV, <laughs> after uh, uh, after watching the the match and watching the Sounders at full strength and just seeing how well they were playing, looking at Victor Rodriguez being healthy, we didn't even talk about that, but holy smokes, that guy can play, and we always forget about it because he always misses like 10 games at a time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that the Sounders, honestly, and and I'm not saying this is like a overly, I don't think I'm being overly confident in saying that the Sounders can pick up six points here. Six points, baby. I'm with you. I think that's totally reasonable, man. I think that six points is totally available. I think so. Too. And, and like we said, you know, Dallas is currently sitting outside the playoffs. The Sounders have been scoring a buttload at home, which is uh, exactly 38, apparently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, They've been I, giving up 36, though, is the problem, so... Oh, the Sounders do have 50 goals for. I wonder how many of those are at home. <laughs> 47 uh, away. The goal differential this season is three compared to LAFC's 44. Holy okay, I changed my. I changed what I, I. I disagree with you. I think at the end of this, looking into the Crystal Pepsi ball, the Sounders come home with just three points. Ding.